This is Journey with Care. We're in our series, The Flavors of Care. In a world where harmony and peace are sought after, one individual radiates tranquility, the harmonizer, also known as the Enneagram Type 9. This soul exudes a serene presence, effortlessly calming conflicts and soothing tense situations. Their ability to find common ground and create an atmosphere of understanding makes them a natural peacemaker. With an inner sense of peace, the harmonizer gracefully navigates through life's challenges, never seeking the spotlight, but working diligently behind the scenes to foster unity. Their selflessness and willingness to support others' dreams make them a cherished confidant and friend. The harmonizer's gentle nature provides a safe harbor for friends and loved ones to share their vulnerabilities without fear of judgment. In the community, the harmonizer plays an indispensable role as a bridge builder. They patiently listen to all sides of a story, seeing the big picture and seeking common values and goals that can mend broken relationships. Despite their accommodating nature, the harmonizer learns the importance of self-assertion. They discover their own voice and boundaries, understanding that asserting their needs is not selfish, but essential for their well-being and the well-being of those that they care about. Their presence alone can transform a tense atmosphere into one of serenity and understanding. In the company of a harmonizer, one feels heard and valued. Their supportive nature encourages personal growth and self-acceptance, inspiring those around them to live authentically. To guide us on this enlightening journey, today our host, Wendy, will be joined with a special guest, Kathy Boschman. Kathy is a pivotal part of our executive team here at Care Impact. And as a harmonizer, she will help us shed light on why harmonizers are truly invaluable in our community. Get ready to embark on a journey where we explore the magic that they weave into our lives and community. So let's get curious. This is a conversation you won't want to miss. Hi, Kathy, and welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Wendy. It's great to be here. So good to be here. We are colleagues. We are friends. And I couldn't think of a better person to ask to come on this particular episode as we're talking about harmonizers as my very own Kathy. <laughs> so, Kathy, what is it like to be a harmonizer? What does that even mean to you? Wow. I don't often think of myself as that. But if I think about the way I come into a room I sort of assess what's going on. I can feel some dynamics, body language, hear some people talking, see other people not talking. I kind of gauge a feel for, for what's going on and try and contribute as best as I can, you know, whether it's a party or a meeting or whatever, just how I can best be a part of everything that's going on and bring people together. Yeah, it's interesting that you don't always see yourself because I think it's so natural for you. I see you in our team environment at work or whether it be in a church environment, you do read the room and you're off having conversations in a very gentle way. Have you always been this gentle, uh, harmonizing spirit in the room? Oh, I don't know. Maybe some in elementary school. I don't think so, so much. <laughs> Why? Were you feisty? <laughs> I was a bit more of a bully, but <laughs> no, <laughs> believe it or not. <laughs> so was it Jesus then? Or <laughs> Maybe. What brought about harmony? <laughs> what about in your family dynamic? What, uh, how did that show itself up? Or I was the youngest of six, or I am the youngest of six siblings. And so I did a lot of listening because everybody else did a lot of talking and I, a lot of observing and, and seeing what was going on. And 
So I probably learned a lot in that space of, of being a listener and learning to read the room and know when to talk and when to be quiet. And yeah, I think that is certainly played a part in, in how I interact with others, for sure. Now, there's so many within our society that would love the qualities that you exude in a room where you're able to listen and, and people feel heard in that interaction with you. You attract people to you naturally in conversation. I don't even know if you realize the way you just bring that warmth and presence in a room. Now, for those of us that may not be naturally bent that way, are there some tips or some ideas that you've observed with people that aren't harmonizing that you could teach us? I think my teaching is more by example than anything. But mm. um, yeah, I think the gift of listening is probably one of the greatest gifts we can give each other. Why does that make me want to cry? <laughs> go for it. That's your gift. Let's go. I think being number six on the totem pole at home, having to learn, learning to listen because there isn't as much room to talk, having to lean into that so that you learn when is the right time to talk, like when there is that space to talk that is appropriate and adds to, you know, what's going on in a conversation. I've had to grow in my ability to talk and give myself freedom to voice what I'm observing, feeling, thinking without fear of, of being shut down. Mm -hmm. I mean, truth is we get shut down. Like everybody experiences that. But I think valuing my own perceptions, what I do bring to the table, it's been a growing, you know, something I've grown into, am growing into still. So I think that would be learning to listen is got to be one of the most challenging things for a lot of us, but also one of the most valuable things that we can offer one another. Thank you so much, Kathy, for opening up in your vulnerability. Um, I think there is something golden to what you just we're talking about, and I appreciate you sharing because I so often can look into a room or in a crowd and there's always the talkers and there, there's those that are quiet in the group. And sometimes we can mistaken for lack of engagement or they're not being robust in the room, those things. And yet I have seen that quality mature within you to true leadership in listening so much so that I have taken notes from you and say, okay, Wendy, sometimes I have to just shut up more and listen. What would Kathy do in this so that we can actually hear what other people have to say instead of projecting the next thing, the next idea? And so it's interesting how what somewhat could be a negative childhood experience or feeling a suppression. I don't sense your gift of listening and your gift of harmonizing is a suppressive, Kathy. I've seen you flourish in it. Do you feel like you're flourishing now or do you feel like it's just something that you've just learned, you've adapted to this lifestyle of harmonizing? I think I definitely have grown. I think it's as I've learned to not just listen, but also give other people the opportunity to listen to me. <laughs> that has helped me grow personally and in my leadership, like you, you said. Yeah, because I, I actually wouldn't have thought of you as the quiet one in the room. I, I do see you as a listener, a harmonizer for sure. In any dynamics, you have a diplomatic way of just weaving <laughs> things together in a Kathy way. 
of of bringing harmony into the room um, where I didn't even see it was necessary. And and I think that's a true gift. What does that look like in your vision of community? You love the community. You love the church. What do you see when you look into the community? What is your heart's desire for community? I love seeing people work together. Like Mm. the wonderful opportunity we have using the care portal technology is that we have churches engaging across the city that are all contributing and being part of meeting needs of children and families in hard places. And when I see that, whether it's, you know, on a signal message or if it's, you know, doing at a point person gathering or if it's actually meeting a request together, like to me, that's beautiful. Just seeing God's people doing God's work and contributing to the well-being of our our city, it just makes my heart sing. I love that. And we need more of that, right? We need Mm -hmm. more harmonizing. We need more people working together instead of these one-off projects of I got this to we've got this. Do you have an example that you've recently experienced of that here in Winnipeg? We had an opportunity to meet a young man who was aging out of foster care. And unfortunately, it was thrust upon him. He came home from graduation and was told, you have two weeks and you must move out of this foster home you've been in for, I'm guessing, I don't know how long it was. And he had nowhere to go. Thankfully, within that two-week gap, a connection he had in the community, they opened their home for him to come there, but he had nothing. Like he had a garbage bag full of clothes. That was all he had. So taking the lead, being the lead church in this request, I was able to work with a church from across the city, three coming together, bringing bed, dresser, linen, clothes. And we all came in at the same time we converged on this house. We met this couple that had agreed to host him in their basement. We all came, we brought this stuff down. And at the end of the time there, we stood in this circle together in that space with this young man there. And I'm like, this is what it's supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. This is God's people being what they were designed to be. Mm. And yeah, like I said, my heart just sings just that we had that opportunity. And that was just the first of several. I was able to go back another time and chat with him about his future plans. And it's just so meaningful to be able to be a part of seeing someone in a hard place given the opportunity to flourish Mm. because people were willing to respond because we had agencies that were able able to tell us what where the need was and that we were able to come together and work together between churches and that's a great example of good listening where the social worker was listening to this young man who was aging out, who was in a really hard place. Young people aging out of care statistically have all the odds against them. It doesn't mean they can't succeed. doesn't mean that they don't have a bright future. God has a bright hope and a future for people. But if the community doesn't harmonize and listen, what chances do they have of a successful future so often? Now, that is a great example of the social worker listening of the churches participating who received the request to listen, not project, oh, I think this this boy needs this and he just needs to get a job. No, they had to listen, mm-hmm. right? I can see why you highlighted this story and you had to listen 
to the Holy Spirit to other churches rather than saying, I got this. This is this is going to be the Kathy show. This is my thing. You invited people in. And I love that about harmonizers and about what you bring to so many circles that you have. There's always room for more at the table. It's not a me show. And boy, do we need that in community. Absolutely. That is beautiful. What are some things that you would find challenging as a harmonizer amidst many, we've been looking at so many different ways people are wired to care and all of them are needed. All of them are part of how God created us. As a harmonizer, what is it like to be in community when things aren't working out? What are some of the things that kind of rub you the wrong way or feel hurtful? Relational tension is the worst. (laughs) When you know two people at the table aren't getting along, that there is something that is, maybe it's very obvious, but sometimes, you know, undercurrents, it's like, I I get anxious when I see that and and I don't know how I can help. Unfortunately, I tend to, how can I fix it, you know, and, and lean into that and I need to step back and say, it's not my job to fix everything, but maybe to recognize it and facilitate you know. So do you automatically feel when there is tension around a table or in a church or in a community that there's almost an innate responsibility in your part to make everybody feel at ease? Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd say so. You know, within my family, like even though I'm the youngest, I feel like I take responsibility for caring for my elderly mother when it's like, wait a minute, <laughs> there's, there's six of us. Why do I think I need to do it all? You know, so that's I'm a doer, too. So that those two things working together perhaps moves yeah. me into that. But so so that you you brought into light of some of our greatest strengths can be some of our greatest challenges when not checked in balance is that that sometimes as a challenger, I tend to approach things as, well, tension is intimacy. So you know how different we are and yet we work together so yes. well, right? That's right. I think I do. Yes, we do we? Yes, okay. we do. <laughs> Just checking in here with the harmonizer. She would know. Um where I see tension as potentially gaining intimacy with others, because now we're getting some, or now we're we're un- unearthing some some re- reality here, and mm. and we're working together, always with the intent. People don't always read me that way as working well together, but I might cause you an ulcer <laughs> if unchecked, right? Yeah, probably, and I probably have. <laughs> How many Pepsi Day C's have you taken at staff meetings? <laughs> None, none, none so far. I do have my stash in my purse, though. (laughs) So how do you then strike a balance between caring for others and seeking harmony in the room, which is absolutely necessary, but also prioritizing your own needs and your own self-care? How do you individualize yourself within a group? That's tough. It, It really is when I think of different, you know, circles that I've been part of and feeling like this need to help bring balance and harmony into a situation. But before I had my voice, not having a me feeling like I had a means to do it. I think taking the risk of making my voice heard, that's where I can affect change in that circle and use my voice, my thoughts, my creativity to bring that with and stepping outside of fear and doing it or doing it even in the being midst brave, of fear. Right? Yeah, even being brave, right? Even though you're afraid. Yeah. yeah. So when you do speak up, 
how do you feel in that process and after? I think in the process, I feel vulnerable, especially if it isn't the common feel of the group. But then there's times lately where I've been feeling a little fearless and being more adamant, like being able to point out to somebody their perspective isn't everybody's perspective and helping them to see the greater perspective. Um, And afterwards, I think there's a sense, there is still, you know, a sense of vulnerability, like when you put yourself out there or your thought or your, your perspective, but also learning to release that and feeling satisfaction and knowing that I contributed what I felt like I needed to contribute to that situation, meeting, whatever it is. And so there is some, yeah, sense of satisfaction in being a part of the whole. Mm. And what's that process been like to even come to your own opinions that may be uh, different than the ones you're reading in the room and not solely for the purpose of bridging and, and diplomatically reaching a kind of a, an agreement within the room, but actually identifying oh, this is what I'm thinking, this is what I'm feeling, this is what I'm believing, and, and my voice, my thoughts, my, my feelings matter here. Because that takes maturity to, to have that courage to do it coming from the perspective you've shared. What has that been like? I think I've shocked myself a lot of times mm-hmm. when all of a sudden I'm, you know, bringing ideas that are contradictory to what other people are presenting or even pointing out where their perspective is a bit skewed. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's been a growing piece and allowing myself to to grow and to be vulnerable. I think of like shellfish, you know, they have to lose that shell and they mm. get vulnerable in that space before they grow another shell and they expand, right? It's in that expansion. It's only in, in releasing that protective shell, trying to protect yourself that you can actually experience growth yeah. and be in the place of greater maturity. So it's a process. Yeah. And, and that vulnerability that you talk about, in order to be truly vulnerable, you need to have some sense of felt safety to be able to do that. It's not right. just enough to put yourself in harm's way and be vulnerable. And we're delicate, right? We, we are individuals that have feelings and, and experiences that create some vulnerability when we share. Where has your felt safety come from? Certainly my relationship with the Lord and being able to bring things back to him when I have felt vulnerable and checking in saying, was that right for me to do that? Or was that out of place? And just that checking in with the Holy Spirit and, and with myself, like, why am I feeling this way? Like, what what is it about that? And just being able to come to that place of, you know, maybe we're talking about the self-care, right? You were asking about the self-care taking the the time I need to process, why am I feeling that way about that situation? Was I right in doing that? Or was I just uncomfortable in doing that? Mm. And then coming to that place of saying, actually, that was good. And just accepting the newness of my voice, the newness of putting myself out in those situations. So that gets me curious. What is your prayer life like? listening to God. Like you you're a listener. You you just brought it in other words, but you are listening. You're leaning into God. What do you think? And your validation, I love that. That's where you get a secure attachment right. with God. You're listening. What is your prayer life like? Give me a glimpse of what it looks like as a harmonizer to be in conversation with God. Hmm. It takes many forms. It's sitting in the quiet 
and sitting in a posture of listening. It's reading the word, mulling over the word, and we'll say sitting in the word, in looking at something that Jesus had said and being able to explore that truth and understand it in a deeper way by allowing him to show me, Mm. by sitting down saying, asking God a question, and then waiting for the answer and being able to journal that so I can go back and reflect on it and bring it back and ask him again, what did you mean by that? And dig deeper into a variety of different topics. So you're not giving him a shopping list of everything under the sun and doing all the talking? No, no. That's beautiful. No, there's a lot of placing my desires into his hands and releasing them to him and trusting him with the how it's going to happen and not dictating. So the Bible also talks about God gives us the desires of our heart. So how do you express your desires, your desires to God? Can you do that? Or are you reading the room and praying on behalf of the harmonizing group? I'm just curious. Yeah. I, like it would, if it was in a group setting, I mean, it's different when I'm by myself than when Maybe I'm Maybe by yourself. Let's, let's go there. Yeah. How do you even find what the desires of your heart are mm. when your desire is for the harmony of everyone? I think sitting in the quiet and asking the Father what is in his heart and seeking his heart and asking him to show me what he sees so that I can then line my heart up with his. Mm. More recently, I've been sitting in that quiet and even just recognizing that even as my heart beats, his heart is overlaid on mine. Mm. And they can beat together. And in that space, I can release those desires to him, whether it's for the church in Canada, for my son, for my church, you know, whatever it is, mm-hmm. I can trust that he's going to reveal his heart to me. Then hold that back up to him and say, Father, it's yours. Mm. And be available in what he shows me and how I can participate in fulfilling that, answering that prayer. Mm-hmm. Often they're bigger than I can do, but trusting him that he's going to answer that in his way beyond what I could even imagine. But you always have that openness as a harmonizer for other people to join in, which is is one of those things that I believe as people of faith, we're called to work in community with others, right? So I think that's that's really valuable. And how do you find it in community where we find so much disunity, so many divisions and segregations and uh, the differences divide us as a community In your role as Care Impact, the National Director of Operations, you do a lot of behind the scenes, but then you do a lot of front lines as well, utilizing the care portal. How are who you are, the leadership that God has given you, how are you walking out those tensions and the challenges before us and connecting and equipping the whole church in a society that has a lot of division? I think I look for commonality. I recognize that we're all God's kids. And though we might differ on the way we express our love, our devotion to him, I can see beyond the performance side, like the divisions that are caused, seeing Christ in one another, seeing Jesus in not only those who would be a part of a church, but those who aren't yet. Being able to see Jesus in the single mom that I'm bringing a crib to, 
being able to see him in the child who's aged out of care, and then inviting others, inviting the church, being open into what that expression might be for them, be they Anglican, Presbyterian, charismatic, Pentecostal, whatever. Just knowing that we're God's kids, it doesn't matter what flavor of ice cream we like, or we mm-hmm. if we want it scooped into a cone or into a dish with sauce on it. Mm-hmm. We're all his kids, and we all have a place at the table. And I guess as being a harmonizer is is my desire is to see everybody at that table participating in the richness of what Father has for us. And I think that's the beauty of of the way you are wired. You look for the commonality, whether that be a societal issue or at a meeting, you're looking for the things that unite us around the table and you draw those things out because for every division there are out there, you'll always find it. Right. You'll get what you find, right? But you're looking at the Imago Dei, the, the likeness of Christ, and they were all created in the image of Christ, whether we are following the Jesus way or not. You are able to find that commonality because it's always there. Right. Have you ever been in a situation where others might say, there's no possible way we have anything in common. There's no way community could happen. Yet you've drawn it out. Over the last year, I've gotten to know a family that they've been through the ringer not just in this, you know, season, but throughout their life in foster care, loss of parents. And they're recently, I've been connecting with them for over eight months, at least, in and out of their home, helping them out, bringing stuff they need and getting to know them and their beautiful children. And I had the opportunity with the one child was very excited. I'd brought milk and She's like, I, I just want my milk, like giving me her bottle. I'm like, here, you give it to your daddy. I'm sure he would love to do it. He washed it out and filled up the, the milk bottle for her. I just be able to put my hand on him and say, you're a good dad. Mm-hmm. He needed to hear that. Yeah. I never would have told you that at this time in my life, I would be in a home and in a rougher part of our town with a family that had been through so much and just be able to tell him, give him these words of life and see that in him. Like truly see it, right? It wasn't just platitudes and saying, I believe in you. You're a good dad came from a genuine space in your heart that you saw. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know if that's because I'm a harmonizer. I don't, I feel like it's just because I want to do what I see my father doing. And that's the beauty of all these different forms of how we care in the community. Each one of them is an attribute of who God is. And yet some of us excel and naturally have certain traits. But that is a trait that it's not just for you to bring harmony and for you to see you're a good dad and leave it all up to you. We'll just let the Cathy's of this world bring peace and harmony and value and commonality and all our, our differences. We need to lean into your story. We need to to be able to operate in a, in a similar way and, and be able to see that fresh perspective of harmony because that is shalom. Um, two last questions I'd love to ask you. One, for all of the harmonizers, those that can identify with your, your story, with the, the natural wirings that you have just laid out for us, what is an encouragement as they're seeking to shine in who God created them to be? What is an encouragement for them? And secondly, 
for those of us who are not naturally harmonized, we're working on those qualities. What is a challenge or a word of advice for us? I think for the harmonizers out there, I would say, remember the value of your own voice. Don't be afraid to speak up. Don't be afraid to be who God made you to be because we need each other. And for those who might find harmonizing more challenging, I would say take time to listen, to stop and really put yourself in somebody else's shoes and see life from their perspective and how you would want to be treated, treat others. Well, Kathy, thank you so much for coming on this episode. I am so grateful for your tender and harmonizing voice here. We need you. We need more of you. And thank you for sharing your voice. Thanks for letting me be part of this. Thank you for joining us on our series, Flavors of Care. We will continue to celebrate the uniqueness of individuals and their ways of fitting into the community, sharing different perspectives and stories from different guests. We hope you'll join us and maybe you'll come out the other side learning a little bit more about yourself and those around you. And hey, just like ice cream, podcasts are so much more fun when shared with others. So share this series with a friend or family member and remember to visit our website, journeywithcare.ca to stay informed of upcoming podcast meetups, all the links, information on our guests, and so much more. Again, thank you for listening and let's stay curious.